Welcome back to Essential Viewing. Today we are discussing the classic 1994 Hong Kong action comedy, The Legend of Drunken Master. This movie is directed by Xia Lang Lu and stars Jackie Chan in the titular role. I want to apologize for some awkward cuts in today's recording. My audio had some pretty bad ping when the three of us discussed this film a couple days ago. If you'd like to watch along with us, next week we'll be watching the new thriller film Titan from French director Julia Ducarneau. Movies in theaters, so we hope you can give it a watch and then join us next week for the discussion. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy The Legend of Drunken Master. Welcome back to Essential Viewing. I am Bryce Kramer, your host for today's episode, and I'm joined by Cole Bielan and Christian Cuevas. So this week we watched The Legend of the Drunken Master, which is a 1994 Hong Kong action comedy film starring Jackie Chan as Wong Fei Hung, who is the uh, only cast member I'm sure us and most of our listeners are familiar with in this film. Uh, but it also features Anita Mui as uh, Jackie Chan, Wong Fei Hung's stepmother, uh, Lung Ti as his father, um, and Xia Long Lu as uh, Master Fu Wen Chi. I apologize for my pronunciations of these names. Um, and then the movie is directed by Xia Liang Lu. Uh, this movie is actually a follow up, technically a follow up to the 1978 Hong Kong action comedy film named Drunken Master. Uh, I watched both of them prior to this episode. Cole and Chris only watched The Legend of Drunken Master, but. The two films don't have much in common besides Jackie Chan being in both and and uh, playing the same character, Wong Fei Hung. Uh, so a little bit of a background on the plot of Legend of the Drunken Master. Um, as I've already said, Jackie Chan is, is the titular character in this one, and he's a young kind of martial arts expert that is living under his father's roof and, and working for him as his father runs like a apothecary sort of healing shop. Um, he gets wrapped up, Jackie Chan does, in this this crazy kind of international intrigue plot where some, some rich British people uh, are trying to steal various uh, Chinese artifacts and heirlooms and whatnot. And um, Jackie Chan's character accidentally kind of gets rolled into this whole story. And he kind of ends up trying to both protect those artifacts from being stolen by the British while also respecting his his kind of father's rules and his father's guidelines in his house where he wants his son to like be pacifist and not being made a drunken fool of himself um, as he's fighting. So really the plot here is just a vehicle so that the film can deliver the um, action and comedy scenes, which people are coming to the theater to watch for this one. Um, but anyways, I want to hear what you guys, this is my pick this week. So I want to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, let's let Cole, you can, you want to kick it off for us? Sure. Yeah. So, so Bryce, I think usually when we do these, these episodes in the classic format, it's a film that, you know, one person has watched that the other two haven't seen, but I'm pretty sure I've watched this with you before. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, and I was totally, and I was totally happy to rewatch it again because this film is a great time. I think, um, that like you were saying, the plot is kind of there in the background. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in kind of Hong Kong cinema by any means, but it, there always seems to be 
an evil British character or threat yeah. in some yeah, way. Especially if you're thinking I, about like the, the Ip Man movies, which I know I think we've watched together also. <laughs> yeah. Which which I which like totally makes sense. It's 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 you know, as cons- as Americans consuming a lot of American cinema, we don't get exposed to this as much. And it's interesting seeing how uh regions kind of history and with with colonization and the the entities that kind of were in play at, at the time period like f- factored their way into the movie instead of you know a lot of american films focusing on whatever world war ii and, and american history um but yeah the plot is really just a backdrop it doesn't i think you could honestly watch this movie with the sound off and you would probably enjoy it almost as much as with the sound on just because for me, the, the I mean, biggest... you lose some of like the rhythm of the punches and kicks and stuff during the fight scenes. <laughs> that is true, yeah. but but depending on which version you're watching of this <laughs> film, the the audio may not line up that well, and we'll probably yeah. talk about that a bit later on. But um, this yeah, this movie is really just an excellent showcase of just some incredible action fight scenes, um, like really excellent choreography and and a like kind of the antithesis of the modern American action film where you can yeah. see like every hit and there are these really um, like exciting and f- quick paced and, and like long takes of people doing these like crazy stunts either with wire work or without. And, and it just kind of like you're in awe. I was in awe while I was watching this movie, especially Jackie Chan uh, in the, in his, his lead role. And he really like, he, he deserves to be known as one of the greatest kind of martial arts characters and action movie heroes of all time. Um, I think for that, this reason. Um, so I, I really enjoy this movie. It's, it's like super fun, super entertaining. Um, it is like pretty, there are some moments and, and I watched the English dub of this as I imagine you guys did as well. Um, but the movie is quite funny too. I thought like they're either physical comedy or just some jokes that are peppered in, especially with um, I think Anita Mui's character who plays, uh, Jackie Chan's stepmother in the movie and and she has like some fun quips and there's this kind of back and forth between her and her husband who doesn't really know that she has this kind of like secret um like I don't want to I think deviant lifestyle <laughs> where, where she is you know running a mahjong parlor and is like you know she kind of puts on this air of being this like defenseless housewife but she has she's kind of like the the matriarch of the family in a way yeah J- um, jackie chan's father played by lung t is very much like the straight man to both jackie chan that i mean i think those are i i, I definitely can understand where you're coming from there um bryce do you want to yeah. kind of pick or go into why you picked this movie yeah i'd say for me um because what, what chris said was saying where he this is kind of like a live action cartoon <laughs> is almost one of the reasons i like it so much um like you're saying like it's a not a serious tone like not um a super important or like the plot isn't super serious i mean that's kind of the point like it is like an action comedy like it's not a a hardcore drama and that's not kind of that's not why i would sit down and watch this movie i watch this movie to to laugh and and be amazed by some of the choreography and and for me like the the action choreography almost feels like you're watching like musical and like the dance sequences except instead of you know people dancing around in a very choreographed fashion you know they're they're fighting each other they're they're launching spears and each other and it's all kind of in this perfectly designed and intricate fashion that, that all comes together all of us we had we had to watch this with an english dub instead of the cantonese uh voiceover because i think it's just not available <laughs> to us in america yeah, to watch it that way um yeah and a lot of the dubbing is pretty 
pretty bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> like probably the roughest, probably yeah. the roughest dub I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, like, so there can you guys end up be some some artistry to like a good dub that kind of like you know preserves the original performances, but like at least for what I watched, um, it it was not the case. Uh, the thing about the dub too is it wasn't just like I mean obviously like the timing you know, the, the lip sync thing, you know, that's kind of to be expected, yeah. but more than that, at least, and I don't know if there's like many kinds, many versions of this dub out there, or maybe the ones, I don't know if the dub that you guys heard is different than what I heard, but performance of the actors doing the dub was really like, I, I did not like the voices. Like they were like these weird, like shrill, yeah. everyone had these shrill, yeah. annoying voices. And like, I feel like it, it kind of, the, the overperformance of the lines by the dubbing actors really took away from like the inherent comedy that was there yeah. in the film because they were like trying to sell it as funny too hard with the dubbing. Like, you know, I, I usually watch dubs of, if I were talking about like anime, for example, I usually watch dubs. Right. Mm, but okay. like in this case, I much would have preferred just watching the original Cantonese soundtrack and not having to yeah, deal with these, these dubbing actors and what they were doing with the lines because yeah. it was really hard to listen to <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was looking at a Wikipedia and it seems like I rented it with like Apple. Um, yeah, okay. I rented it from Apple TV as well. Uh, okay. Go ahead. You were saying, Bryce? In America, like there has been no release that like preserves the original audio track. Um, hmm. So it's really something that is just kind of like lost it's really unfortunate um yeah it's it's like there's a there's a line here in wikipedia which is like an the original audio and good picture quality would be a holy grail for hong kong cinema fans if somebody was to find it but like, it's kind of it's not ironic. something that's really out there yeah it's kind of ironic that a film that centers around the west stealing treasured <laughs> artifacts from the east and and perverting them for their own purposes has had that basically happened to it in the form of this dub yeah yeah I, I will say i think it's i think it's the most rough for jackie chan's character wong fei hong yeah. um mm -hmm. he sounded like a like a like a very teenage like luke skywalker oh. mark hamill almost yeah <laughs> it's kind of I, what was hitting for me um i think for the stepmother i didn't mind that one as much um i think most of she had a lot of the great comedic lines in the film and i thought most of those still landed um mm -hmm. But as a whole, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. I think my 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 favorite bad scene is when, uh, well, okay, one. I think I'll, I'll start with the, the scene that pre, pre, uh, is the preface to it. Um, the scene where ja uh, Jackie Chan's father or or um Wong Wong Fei Hung's father disowns him, I think is like pretty great. He's like, I you are no longer my son anymore, yeah. and it's like slow motion. It felt very. A lot of this film felt very like wwe kind of professional wrestling oh yeah, like yeah. Soap, soap opera level like ridiculousness and then he goes to the the market in the in the town square and is like drunk and he starts he's like oh can i request a song and he starts singing about how he hates his dad and it's like that part is so horrible like the the, the singing is just atrocious and like the, it, it, funny I, though it, it is it's funny because it is bad and part of me really feels like I um, like that was not the original like song. If, if we were to translate the original Cantonese to English, uh, yeah. I think they were just like, oh, this it won't land with American audiences. Let's just make him say some goofy shit. Um, 
I, the thing that's, that is really confusing to me is, Bryce, when I watched this with you before, I swear we watched a different dubbed version because I, I was yeah. watching this and I, I, I was like, okay, I've definitely seen this before, but the dub itself was just so different and, and I did not like it as much as the first time. So I feel like we watched a different version somehow, but that was... I don't know how long ago, five years yeah, ago. I think like when I watched this the first time, it was on Netflix or something. I was just like scrolling around Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, I'll watch mm -hmm. this. Um, Apparently, um, in the making of this film, there was some serious uh, conflict between um, Jackie Chan and the director as to like, basically they have totally differing philosophies around <laughs> like how these types of films should be made and like how the... Um, how this kind of choreography should be done. Hmm. Um, so it's interesting that like, um, apparently there was like a serious problem. Like they, they were, they were clashing on set. And I think it might've gotten to the point where the director like abandoned the, the film at some point. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that um, that happened. So like, yeah, it, it's impressive that talk about like the final scene yet, but like the final fight scene in the movie, like takes over directing duties at that point. Oh, and, like I didn't he know that. finishes up the movie there, like the other. Oh, as Chris said, yeah, like the original director had like left at that point. Um, oh wow, that's interesting. Is that more for like hooking people up to wires and like a kind of a more like fantastical action sequences, whereas Jackie Chan was kind of more in that grounded, like mm. insanely mm. choreographed, like you know, hand to hand. And I mean, not not like realistic, but more like practical um, mm. combat than the original director wanted. Well, that's interesting. I, I definitely liked the final, like sort of the boss fight at the end. Yeah, I think thought that was the, the best of all the fight sequences. Um, like the one where he had like the where they were in like the little like I don't know if it was a restaurant, but like he he was like under the table and like doing all the movies oh, yeah. with the table. Yeah. With um, he was fighting alongside uh, uh Fu. What's what's the guy? Fu Fumanchi, Fu 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 the master. Yeah. Um, the general. That, that was yeah the general the military hero. Yeah. That was a pretty great sequence as well yeah they get like yeah. assaulted by like some like axe wielding gang and it's like yeah hundreds yeah. of guys versus the two of them it feels yeah. like you're almost watching like lord of the rings and like defending yeah. like helms deep from like <laughs> the armies of orcs but it's just like these two versus like hundreds of dudes with axes and it's just yeah. a, one of like the so, most big bigger budget um things in the movie for sure i i really that to i'll i'll pile on with you guys that that scene was really i really enjoyed some specific details of that scene one just the um this is maybe a, a deeper cut but like the axe gang itself and like the way they it was just like a mass of like dudes that all were like kind of looked the, the same or in the same outfits like moving yeah. very quickly up the stairs like a horde reminded me of like the the putties from the original power rangers tv show <laughs> um which i thought i i just thought that was like a fun uh like comparison um but then there's, the, I thought a really excellent point in that scene is where there, you know, Jackie Chan and then the, the, the master general Fu Manchi are, are sitting and like having tea in this restaurant upstairs. And there's this kind of wide shot where you, you, it's, it's cut, it's close up on them talking and then it, it cuts back to a wide shot and you see that the entire restaurant is empty because yeah. they're kind of on like a balcony area. And then you can see below and there are these like rafters across. And it really sets the stage for like the space that they're going to be fighting in in a few minutes. Right. And so when they're moving around like down the stairs and then eventually they both get up on the rafters and are like kind of um, trying to help each other out. And eventually 
Fu Manchi gives Jackie Chan this like makeshift bamboo like broom weapon. Um, is like I thought that was real a really uh, great piece of filmmaking where they they establish the scene that they're in so that when you're going through the fight later on, you're not confused as to where the characters are in the And that's something that these Hong Kong or, or Hong Kong style action films do much better mm-hmm. than the American action films. And I, th- I think it's a consequence of the fact that these films are not shot against just like green screen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like they're actually kind of taking like the environment. When you look at these action sequences, like the environment that they're in like matters and it affects the, 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 the progression of the fight sequences, you know, the great example mm-hmm. of that is in that last boss battle where, you know, the, they're in that like industrial sort of uh, the mining forge. facility. Yeah. The forge. So, Plant. Yeah, so like all the elements of that, like the there's like this the hot coals that um, Jackie Chan gets thrown on at one point, and like yeah. there's like those weird wine casks things that they use to like yeah uh, perk up the, the fire. I think it's, it's like, like yeah, like oil or or gasoline or something to, to yeah. start the fire. Yeah, but it really shows you the benefit of like the fact that they are shooting these fight scenes in like actual locations as opposed to like the way that like if you watch like. You know, if you look at like behind the scenes stuff for like Marvel movies, it's amazing like how little of the set actually exists. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically none of it exists. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was kind of under the impression that they would actually like there's 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 fight scenes that take place in like something that looks like a normal office building, for example. <laughs> Even those are like not real. Like they didn't go to an office building. They're, they're, those are like they just CGI'd in the office building afterwards. They shot that on green screen soundstage as well. So. Yeah. The fact that they're actually shooting in these real locations helps to like have that kind of you look in like video games, you know, like in like in like the Arkham games, right? Like you have that mm-hmm. element of like the environmental combat, like when yeah. you're like you're like near something, you can like rip the pipe off the wall if you press the right button and like bash the bad guy over the head with it instead of just punching him like normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that this movie like has that same element of the environmental combat, you know, yeah. which I yeah. which I like. The great there's a great bit during like the the purse nabbing scene where like somebody steals um the stepmother's necklace and like Jackie Chan like gets the purse back and like starts fighting with that purse mm-hmm. right and then like this is in there you're gonna hurt it yeah right. and then the scene that comes after that where he throws the purse back to his stepmother and she kind of just like walks up and plants her feet and then reaches up and grabs it and everyone behind her starts clapping is like another really funny moment <laughs> yeah right. um, just like it's yeah. very it's very strange but it like it's i i chuckled when i saw that yeah, yeah. um talking to like the strengths of the acting is of movies over here today well. yeah um, like there are there are definitely cuts in the fights like you know they're not all like one take and limited cuts well, only when necessary that kind of keep you in the action i was watching an interview with um quentin tarantino actually and he was talking about like behind the scenes of shooting uh kill bill which i haven't seen kill bill but they shot kill bill the action sequences mm-hmm. they shot them in the hong kong style and yeah. and tarantino was talking about what as far as like cinematography goes like how they shoot a scene mm-hmm. in the hong kong style so i'm just gonna take a step back so Traditionally, when you're shooting a scene, you shoot what's called coverage, right? So you basically you shoot this, you sh- you shoot the entire scene from many different angles, right? And then you like cut those together to make mm-hmm. the scene afterwards, sure. right? So you don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to flow when you're shooting it, as far as the edit goes, because you just shoot everything from a bunch of angles. And then when you're shooting at each moment, you can pick: Do I want to be from this angle, from this angle, from this angle, from this angle? That's called coverage, right? But the Hong Kong style 
of shooting action scenes doesn't use coverage. What they do actually is they they plan out the entire choreography, right? And they identify key points in the choreography. Mm -hmm. And they get a shot that starts like so like like basically, you know, you think of it as like a map, right? Like there's step one, step two, step three, step four, right? So what they do is they 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 for each uh stage of the choreography they basically get a shot that covers that, right? So there's a shot that covers step one to step two, and then the next shot covers the end of step two to the beginning of step three, and so on and so forth. So it's a much more deliberate way of producing this kind of thing, mm -hmm. as opposed to just shooting a bunch of coverage, right? And I think you see the deliberate, because like every moment, you know, it feels very purposeful, right? There's a progression. It almost feels like a dance, right? Whereas compared to the Western things where they shoot a lot of coverage and then they're just kind of like chopping it all together. And the pacing, the pacing comes from the editing in the Western action films. Yeah. But in this, in this, in, in a film like this, the pacing this, actually comes from, comes from the, from the, from the, the movements itself. and the punches. Exactly, yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So I think that's like, um, you know, the, the process of how, they actually build these scenes influences a lot of how they turn out. And certainly the Hong Kong style of, of shooting action is better than the Western style. I think yeah. we're all, we I, can all see that. I, yeah, yeah. I distinctly, one interesting point, Chris, that I I've heard in, in both interviews with Jackie Chan and some people that have kind of discussed the Hong Kong action styles that, and um, Jackie Chan's team, he eventually had like his own stunt crew that he worked on with all of his films because it was, more efficient for him to have this like set of guys that he was always working with and they could like work really quickly and do really intense kind of precise choreography. But I heard or read that um, very often they would kind of make up the choreography on the spot. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, if the process was they would kind of go in the, into the space, like figure out what they were going to do. And then they kind of built the, the camera work around what they had planned that day. Right. Right. Um, well, that's, but, that, that's the thing that allows them it gives them the freedom to do that, right? Because if you're shooting coverage, it takes a really long time, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're shooting this this Hong Kong style, it's like you can plan it and then like you just need to get one shot for every stage of the fight so you yeah. can move a lot faster. It, it actually, it gives them the freedom to have, to, to improvise and to like plan as they go um, because it takes, it's less time consuming to shoot in that style. Mm -hmm. I will say from Jackie Chan, like before, and he said that like some of the, like like a six minute fight in this movie would take them like four months to film. Oh, oh my I'm god! Sure. I mean, oh my god! Just because there's of a lot like, of details that go in. There's a lot it, of right? details. A lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of things you have to get yeah. like, you know, perfectly right. Um, he was talking about how they would put he'd get red makeup on his face to like make it look like you know he's getting drunker, um, getting more oh, red, and like okay, keep sweating. <laughs> off his face as he was doing doing the fight um mm -hmm. but just kind of just this point that you know to film like a quick like five six minute action scene in this movie is like an insane amount of like work effort oh, yeah. skill for sure um training and just yeah just, there's like a, there's a lot more going into making one of these scenes you know from the actual like people yeah. involved another thing here is like in the fight scenes like that's them like playing themselves there's no like yeah stunt doubles you know there's a crew like making sure everybody's safe and and whatnot mm -hmm. but um oh i like you know, in the in the in the credits how they showed some of that 
behind the scenes stuff of the guys coming out with the fire extinguishers and yeah because that was like the the craziest thing to me is that the coal scene where he jackie chan gets pushed back onto a bed of hot coals was real like they that was not like some cgi magic because i don't think it really could be at this time (laughs) um but it was just like insane to me that he crawls across a bed of hot coals and i assume he had gloves on or something to protect his hands yeah they 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 of liquid or water like on his back i think but yeah so that like he doesn't like automatically start on fire or whatever but um yeah. yeah like he pushed he like crawls back through these hot coals gets up and like keeps filming um one yeah. thing i saw on imdb trivia i'm not sure if it's true or not was that um he actually filmed that take twice because okay. they didn't wow. think it was good enough the first time or he wasn't happy with how it looked the yeah, first go time, back so. onto the coals <laughs> yeah well no they, they show yeah. they show that too i think the yeah. one in the um they show you like in the credits there at the end is like the take that wasn't used in the movie mm. okay um and then yeah obviously you did you see the real one in the movie during the film um mm-hmm. but just like insane and there's, there's tons of other people getting like set on fire during those those scenes as well um yeah and obviously it's all real <laughs> yeah. it's all actually happening yeah um, I think there, I, I, have a, I have a couple notes that I wanted to just go through um, that, uh, that are things that from this movie that I, I either observed or, or thought were funny. I wanted to discuss with you guys. One, I think the first scene when uh, the stepmother is kind of feeding uh, Jackie Chan different alcoholic beverages to get um, to get him revved up and, and get into the drunken boxing style. The, the moment where he takes the two bottles and smashes them together and dumps them on his face um, <laughs> reminded me very much of the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer smash <laughs> meme, which I want to know if that was this was the origin of that. I kind of I kind of doubt it, but that that just like kind of reinforced this um, this WWE esque like uh, operatic like action sequences. Um, and I think that even was driven home for me in the end scene where Jackie Chan literally yeah. like picks up the final bad guy and like walks up the the steps or wherever he is and then just like flips him off of his back into a crate. Like it felt yeah. very much like like I was watching um, like two WWE wrestlers like in the ring smashing shit. Um, yeah. So I thought I thought that was great. Those moments were great. Mention as well. Um the character Jackie Chan is playing, Wong Fei Hong, is like a real person. Um, hmm. I don't know if you guys knew this, but like he's a, he's a folk he's, hero, right? He's yeah, so like master. he was a real person that lived from like the 1850s to like the 1920s, um, and like most of like his life and his stories are kind of like folk passed down through like oral tradition and whatnot. But like, huh. there's kind of like a ton of movies in Hong Kong cinema where where different portray him and portray his life, but um. Hmm. It's kind of interesting that he he is a real person. Um, obviously, you know everything here is kind of his. You know, this isn't based on true events. You know, but like the character himself is a real person that's kind of like inspired the story and has inspired a lot of. Different... Even though he was considered an expert in the Hung Ga style of Chinese martial arts, his real public fame was as a physician who practiced and taught acupuncture. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so that, that, you kind of see that in the movie because that's a, you know what his dad's profession yeah. is, and you know it's eventually you know what he would take up and kind of take over that business oh, but um he's not this character isn't in this movie but i also watched the first drunken master before watching this one and yeah that, i was gonna ask you how that was bryce it's it's a lot different from this one um okay. jackie chan is the only guy that like appears in both movies despite like his father being a character in that as well and there's also a scene where his father disowns him for <laughs> kind of the same like for drunken rebellious boxing. drunken um but how 
old was Jackie Chan in the first one? Because it's like he, 16 years. He was like he's like 40 in the first. Yeah. Or in the, in the version we watched. In the, he was yeah, 40 in there? I think he's so. supposed to be playing someone like much younger. Oh, than wow. He is he was looking, movie, looking like, pretty good at 40. Yeah, he looks he looks like amazing. <laughs> Because he's, I think he's sixty-eight now, sixty-seven. Jackie Chan is sixty-seven. Yeah, he's sixty-seven years old, and wow, so yeah. yeah, so it was ninety-four. So he he would be what twenty-seven years ago. Yeah, so he was forty years old when he did this, and so when he made the first movie, he was twenty-four, which is pretty nuts. Um, yeah, Jackie Chan looks looks really good now, even <laughs> like yeah. there's yeah. a photo of him wearing a hoodie, like. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah, he's great. I, I like, I think, I, I don't know. I, I know he's been in, um, I was reading that he's done more serious films uh, as of lately, but I think like. Well, he the did last... that film, The Foreigner, right? I haven't yeah, seen which I heard was not yeah, very good. good. I haven't seen it though. Oh, oh yeah. It looked good. It looked good. Okay. I, I thought I saw that it was like, I, I wanted this anyway. Um, but yeah, Jackie Chan is great. Um, I think we've all discussed our affinity for the Jackie Chan Adventures animated show. Um, oh yeah, which I watched the Jackie Chan Adventures pre- pre- pretty religiously. I was waiting for at some point Jackie Chan to start chanting "You more guai guai fi." But uh, I, I was do after watching this uh, the other night. I went on kind of a, a Jackie Chan rabbit hole and kind of like remembered like Rush oh. Hour and and the the like Jackie Chan Adventures show which I forgotten did... about Jackie Chan Adventures I loved that show that yeah great I, I a fun fun fact for you Chris uh he did not voice himself in that show oh really <laughs> I thought he voiced himself but he doesn't he just sadly. licensed out his name for <laughs> yeah. but, but then <laughs> to... the, the, the strange thing was like uh he would I remember he would show up as like a live action like a person at the end of the episodes and do like some kind of like psa or something or he would like talk about like some topic at the end of each episode which i thought was wholesome was funny yeah it's a very wholesome very fun children's show yeah Um, one thing i liked in this movie is um they could have explored it a bit more but i liked the very kind of cartoonish portrayal of the the british uh (laughs) colonizers and like oh, yeah. I, lo- I love that yeah. scene where they're in the, the consulate and like they think they're sneaking around but then all the lights come on and it's like they're surrounded watching, by like and then the union jack is guards. up on the wall and, and yeah. then they're in the cell and they're like gang punching them like they give them they give them boxing gloves yeah. oh that was like, a weird scene yeah. <laughs> um i i think i i don't know i i do enjoy i i'm always i'm very curious like watching films like this mainly uh any like hong kong film with Jackie Chan and then the Ipmon series. But yeah, there's always like an evil British guy. I think even yeah. in the first Ipmon, Donnie Yen fights like a British boxer. Yeah. Um, I think, the se- yeah, there's like one fight skin with like a British guy in the first movie, but like the second Ipmon movie is like almost all about like I British mean, imperialism. And, it like, makes sense. Be, yeah. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, people. The second Ipmon movie is like Kung Fu or Wing Chun, excuse me, versus just like the British boxing style. Um, yeah. But but yeah, Chris, I think you're right. It, it like for I I think it's like it's like relevant subject matter, right? <laughs> like I can I definitely understand why like Hong Kong cinema has this fixation on just like portraying English people in this terrible way because yeah. it, it, it was bad. Um, I will say that like I I, I want to make sure I'm I'm careful in this expression, but like this the aesthetic of like 20th century China with like kind of 
as like the West is kind of encroaching in and this and like the kind of mixing of East and West are in conflict between it is one that I find like really yeah. interesting and really um, like, I don't know, there, I think it spawned some like great pieces of art like this notably. And one thing I couldn't help um, think of while I was watching this movie because the, the, the music is kind is like not really a, a big part of the film, I think. Um, no. mainly I think partly because of the the overdubbing and you're you're kind of focusing on that but yeah. um if you guys are I know you guys there are was both, music in this movie like a little bit <laughs> it was very quiet and it was like there were some scenes uh, where I got a whiff of it and it reminded me of um I know you guys are familiar with with the the film Drive starring Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling and oh, there's yeah. that there's the one song in Drive that like everyone knows by college it's the real yeah. human being song yeah yeah um and that that artist college has released this kind of uh concept album from 20 it's in 2017 called shanghai and it's mm. very much this kind of like synthy like but but old school style like uh like instrumental album that has this kind of like aesthetic to it oh, of, very like, interesting 20th century china it's really great I, huh. I recommend everyone listen to it. It's great to just like kind of like set on in the background and listen to it and it sets the mood. Uh, mm. You can check out our review of that uh, next week <laughs> in the first episode of Essential Listening. Essential Listening. Um, but yeah, check out Shanghai by College. That, that album yeah. is really good. Um, I'm glad you brought up like that kind of like East versus West conflict because um, mm-hmm. that's definitely like a theme throughout the movie. And I think one of the best kind of illustrations of that is in like kind of the opening train sequence. Um mm-hmm. It's a really cool scene and I think it sets the stage really well and like a great sense of setting in this initial scene where there's like again like hordes of people trying to like board this train and like all of like kind of the the commoners or the less poor people that are kind of like crammed into these very small train cars mm-hmm. um and it's interesting because like you know Jackie Chan and his family are crammed in there as well despite having like a pretty successful business it would seem once they get back to their um their home mm-hmm. but then like as jackie chan and um i don't know, i think it's his friend named so are like kind of investigating the train they stumble into like <laughs> the the high class dining car yeah um, yeah where, you know everyone's enjoying their their fancy meals whereas the other people are buying food that is being sold to them from people outside the train that yeah that run up to sell to them as the train is stopped i mean and it's just this kind of great just juxtaposition of the that car versus the other train car um and there's also a very funny bit there where they kind of release all the ducks into the yeah <laughs> into the train like, car. Definitely remind me of Snowpiercer. The yeah yeah premier train based <laughs> film. But uh, yeah, I think some other moments I I enjoyed in the movie overall. Um, I think the and he did the guy that he was like the new foreman for the the iron working facility. Um, mm-hmm. not the, not the dude with the wireframe glasses, but his, the other guy. And, and he's kind of introduced early on as you'd think to be the main villain. And I thought his introduction was cool because he comes out, he's like, okay, make them like, get them back to work. And mm-hmm. at first you're like, oh, this guy's just kind of a dickhead. Like he's just being an asshole to his, 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 uh, the people working in this plant and trying to work overwork them. But then as soon as they revolt, he like jumps in <laughs> to the ring and he like grabs <laughs> like an iron directly out of the forge like he reaches in with his bare yeah. hand and like pulls it out and immediately mm. like spins it around and like sets all like the zaps like, all the guys yeah uh, yeah and it's just i thought that that was a really great way to like introduce this character who's kind of like a secondary villain really 
Um, and he and he just like he goes from just like being an asshole, not backing it up to going just like beating ass immediately. <laughs> well, it was interesting because like that guy was like, I mean, they were kind of playing him like the main villain. And then mm-hmm. it kind of switched to the, the wireframe glasses guy. Yeah. At the end who like su- surprising, like, I guess that was sort of like the surprise. Like, oh, like that guy is like a dope fighter, too. Yeah. Like, he looks kind of like he looks like a nerd. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and the, the scene especially he does his like his like fast kicks or like trying to like psych Jackie out, and then eventually, um, I think he like somehow like stuns or like bl- partially blinds Jackie, and so he he takes his glasses off and says like, "Oh, now we're even." Um, yeah, that's like a great of, line. Like he yeah. wants it to be a fair fight still. Yeah, like he's he's like taunting him, and then eventually when Jackie yeah. gets all hyped up on on forge oil, he <laughs> he um. He he starts mocking him and brings out his own kicks and actually shows that his kicks are faster, which is just like a great uh, yeah. Kind of I'll, point I'll mention I, I, as far as fighting styles go, um, the one guy with like all the kicks is actually fighting with um, Taekwondo, I think, mm-hmm. which is like a much. I think it's the only point in this movie you see that style, and it is a, a, a martial arts style that is much more focused on kicks than than punches mm-hmm. that you see in like kung fu or in the drunken boxing. So. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, an expert enough in this kind of stuff to really tell as I'm watching, but reading and watching interviews after watching the movie, it's kind of interesting. Like all these different styles are coming in from different people in their backgrounds and kind of seeing how they, they come up against each other. It's yeah. my only chance to mention, and it'll probably be my only chance to mention, that I actually did get a black belt in Taekwondo a long, long really? time ago. I did, yes. I didn't wow. know that. As a young link. Oh, I didn't know um, that either. Chris, yeah. we have to spar next time. Yeah, we'll have to. I, th- we'll I think have to I made it up. We'll get beat up by Chris <laughs> next time. Yeah, I, I may think I made it up to being a red belt in uh, high school, but that was it. Okay. A little, um, little red but belt yeah, over here. Yeah, a little essential viewing rumble. Yeah. I, I, I think no it's training, funny that... so that makes me what a, a white belt you can be the referee i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's funny how in these movies i feel like it's a real rule of thumb that like the better dressed a villain is the, the better at fighting they are you know like, yeah oh, like man. as the as the, the fashion goes up the the fighting skill follows you know because wireframe glasses guy was definitely the the, the sharpest uh, of the villains yeah he had and, swag and he was the real, you know, his, his that, that when he put his leg straight up in the air like that, I was oh, like, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. But um, yeah, I think uh, the, however, Jackie Chan is, you know, obviously the best fighter because he wins, but right. then he's he's just dressed <laughs> like a lowly commoner. Well, the hero um, can't be dressed well because like, yeah, have to yeah, it only applies to villains. I mean, he he has yeah. that nice white robe he he wears True. a couple of times throughout the film, looking pretty pretty nice. I suspect that. that that robe had like. It was very thick. I suspect that like the fireproofing yeah. stuff was all yeah. tucked into there. You know? Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Um. One one thing I wanted to ask you guys. I so I I ended up watching this on on Amazon, um. And I know that we all I think we all watched the same version with the shrill like overdubbing. But in the last four minutes of the movie, yeah, um, yes. did the, does the yes. audio just like cut yeah, out? It cuts yes. Out. <laughs> I was I, that was bizarre. Yeah, I was like, "What is going on?" It, it cut out, and like my subtitles like went away. Also, it was just like, I "Want you to know what the characters are saying anymore?" Yeah, I was like, yeah. I like closed it out. I like reopened it, and it, yeah, I, I really like rewind it to make sure that my yeah. I did the same didn't, thing. Like, I thought that my speaker just like died. Yeah, and, like I was like, "This movie killed my my sound bar," but yeah. then I rewinded it. And it was fine, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh." something wrong with the yeah. movie i i have a feeling that like the this film was like p- published 
and then and i i don't know the actual process for for films in like in in other languages being like dubbed or, or subbed and how that works but it feels very much like they finished this movie they like handed the you know <laughs> the mp4 <laughs> to <laughs> to like the studio whoever was gonna the production like company that was gonna release it in the u.s and they just removed all dialogue and they like read yeah. they did the dubbing and then all of the punches and maybe the music as well and there are even some scenes that like the it looked almost like a distorted projection um i don't know if you guys noticed that but there were some some scenes notably at the end when the audio was off that like the characters faces almost looked like slightly elongated at least mm. this is what i thought and it, it looked almost like they had either had to like re like rescan the the film or or something to to like i don't i don't know do what do what to the I scenes i mean clearly exactly. there was the, the, there was some serious technical problems with with that part yeah and um, who knows what what happened but clearly yeah. something went very wrong because but yeah it is it is a shame <laughs> that there are these like technical issues with this film that like i'm yeah. sure would be just more enjoyable if they had like you know gotten the audio or if the, we had seen the one with like the real version of the audio and ideally better better overdubbing give us the original give us the original cantonese yeah. release cut. the release the jackie cut yeah um <laughs> but yeah, um, it's really a shame and it's really nothing we can do at this mm -hmm. point but hopefully one day someone finds the original <laughs> the original mp4 oh. file sitting on their hard drive somewhere <laughs> i have to give a shout out to like probably my favorite look and i don't have a deep knowledge of, of this genre of, of film but I, I have seen a few of them and the best one personally that i've seen is this one from 2018 called the night comes for us on netflix great movie oh. it's it's like it's similar it's like similar like with the kind of like big gang fighting like very well choreographed action sequences but it's it's like a hard r it's very violent it's very dark and it's it's actually an indonesian uh film i believe yeah um, i think the indonesian like action cinema is pretty wild yeah um, it's great if you guys haven't seen it you should definitely watch it i'm gonna, it's, have, it's I'm gonna have to check that out it sounds yeah. cool I know that um there the film the raid is like a is like a big uh has a like a kind of the poster child for like Indonesian action cinema and I think it was actually directed by a Welsh guy but in Indonesia mm. um but that that that's another one I've been wanting to check out for a while and apparently it's I, also I think incredibly I've seen violent. that one and I enjoyed it quite a bit and I'm looking yeah. here I've um, seen, we, I think, the, I think the we same watched guy, the raid yeah I think Chris and I watched that together yeah oh um, the night comes for us is way more violent than the raid. Oh, okay. Yeah. It looks like the, the same night... guy, Iko Uweis, is in both of the films. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think a overall, more, a more I modern mean... day film, um, hopefully with mm -hmm. with less audio issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be curious because Chris, I know you're you're mentioning earlier kind of the the differences in production versus you know like a modern um, modern like Marvel film and then this movie. Obviously, there's like a time separation between them, right? This yeah. movie came over, over twenty years ago. But yeah, I'd be curious to watch a more like contemporary take on this kind of style of, of action and see how things change or how they utilize CG. I imagine they still do a lot of on-location shooting and, and choreography. Um, yeah, I think the but, style depends a lot on... I don't think you can really pull this off in a green screen room. 
because yeah. like the fighting is so environmental like how are you going to do that with yeah you're going to put green screen boxes all over the room and they're going to just roll off of those it doesn't work right yeah so i think i think this this style heavily relies on having real locations mm-hmm. which is good i mean real locations yeah. are, are nice you can feel it when they're shooting in a real location as opposed to a green screen room yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah i guess do you guys have any other uh points you want to discuss or talk about i just want to shout out to my my guy so another one of the (laughs) comedy part of all the jokes the butt man and the the guy that everything's going wrong at the beginning at the father's apothecary shop they can't they lost to ginseng um this this tree has been ruined up and 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 jackie and his stepmother are both like oh just blame it on so yeah there's a moment where the stepmother literally tells so to like kill himself like yeah like she tells him to go get the cyanide like eat cyanide pills he's like what are we supposed to do about this so it's like how are we going to fix this yeah and she gives him very specific instructions here go here and find this like oh you have some ginseng no yeah it's cyanide (laughs) yeah it's um it's pretty brutal but but again it's one of those comedic moments that um like it's, it's definitely not the focus uh, like the the like kind of written comedy but it, it, it's another thing that like helped the film in my opinion yeah so. i also wanted to point out it's hard to talk about the acting too much in this because because of the dub and because you know we don't speak the original language even if we did have it but um mm-hmm. i just wanted to point out that like jackie chan's like body language and like facial expressions yeah. are like yeah. incredible in this movie like especially during like the specific drunken boxing boxing scenes just kind of like how he i don't think he's actually drunk when he's filming these that sounds impossible um, <laughs> but just kind of like the way that he's able to like become limp and and just the look on his face you know during all these comedies he's like it really makes a lot of the jokes land even despite the dubbing just kind of like seeing seeing the look on uh-huh. his face the whole cast, I mean, yeah, he really sold like the drunkenness aspect of this, and yeah. the, but also like the whole cast was actually really great as far as like the physical acting is concerned. Like I remember the scene where they're in where they're playing Mahjong and and uh, they all like, you know, when uh, Jackie Chan's father's character is not looking, yeah. like they're trying to like retrieve the the the, the chips, mm-hmm. but then like he turns back and all the women like just like glide back into the the to their pretending that they're sick patients, um, yeah. the stepmother character, like all like really nice touches of physical acting. From everyone also just like the fact that you know they have these scenes where there's like hundreds of dudes like yeah. streaming in and how it's all like you know everyone's going at it right it's not like it's not like there's like a lot of times when there's lots of extras you see some are are doing nonsense things because they don't think Tricking that they're starbucks and yeah the but like everyone's going <laughs> full tilt you know yeah and like we know that it's not like they you know nowadays it's like you film like three guys and then you just like cgi copy and paste to make it like 200 yeah. guys but in this case it's really you know obviously it's really like hundreds of people going at it so it's yeah. very impressive the physical yeah. acting yeah i'll be, I'll be yeah. honest i i am um, i'm kind of surprised that th- this hasn't that like the obvious joke here being like seth rogan gets his hands on the rights and he makes the legend of the stone master or something <laughs> right. along those lines um, right. but I, I i would uh I don't know if I'd be excited or I, I would, I've expected that. I don't know if I'd be excited to watch uh-huh. it, but I certainly I would expect like any sort like of that to come in the future. Or a revisitation of this franchise was to occur like today for like a Western audience, it would just be like a disgrace. Like, yeah, <laughs> unless, unless it's like, unless, unless it's like just, Donnie Yen just... is the stoned master, I would be yeah. on board for that 100%. 
But, Maybe if there's like a new Hong Kong remake of it, some sort of like new take where we got to get the original performances and stuff like that, it, it could be good. But mm-hmm. as far as like a Hollywood version, that just kind of sounds like a, a well, disaster. The thing is, like, where is this genre? Like, because I don't think there is really like, there's not like this kind of actor in that mold of like, you know, you look at like, you know, obviously it all started with like Bruce Lee, but then you look at like Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Like, where where is the next generation? Of that, I, I mean, like, I think it is Donnie Yen. I think it, it has. Well, he's to be. fifty-eight years old. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's kind of like like Ip Man <laughs> yeah. Four was like the big like finale to that. Like he doesn't do too much of it anymore. His time is almost like up as yeah. well. So I just, you know, I, I I want like it's it's like a dual thing, right? Because they have to be an athlete and an actor, and a lot of athletes now. I mean, not not I'm not an athlete. A lot of actors are like mm-hmm. you know they're they're like in good shape, which we can have a whole other conversation about like. There being too many fit actors in movies and TV shows now, <laughs> like every character is like has a six pack, which is like a problem. But anyways, yeah. this is like more than just being fit, right? It's like a whole different skill set that you have to be able to bring to pull off a film like this. And I, I just like, like you have I'm, to be I'm, like a, a kung fu. You have to be a martial artist as well, you have a, martial to be a martial artist, artist yeah. and you have to be an actor. And like yeah. I don't know like who if there's anyone I, I who's mean, going to be like the next. In, I, I think there's a pretty role. obvious obvious pick chris uh our our another uh wisconsin man mike moe who played right Bruce mike Lee in yeah. once upon a time hollywood yeah we need to get that, some more is... roles for mike moe yeah yeah you, what an equivalent may kind of be I, I don't know if i want to say this but i mean tom cruise like how he does his own sure. stunts it's like a yeah. completely different thing than than you know like the chore- choreographed action fight sequences you know yeah doing your own stunts is still impressive but um mm. in the same jackie chan interview i was watching he even mentioned how like doing those stunts in a movie is like easy compared to the choreography and like yeah um, direction required for this sort of stuff he's like oh like we can we can film a car crash no problem um and i'll and, I'll, and he'll yeah. he'll do his own stunts in a car but, crash also but but this this kind of action mastering kung fu master like a whole yeah. separate life than yeah. mastering acting and doing both is is, is, a, is a feat yeah so know? i think it's, it's just kind of rare to get somebody that can be such a charismatic right um, acting star and also have that right that sort of background right. which 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 to me is what makes this sort of movie so special in that, right. you know, what was it, 1994? I think it came out in America yeah. in 2000, in Hong Kong in 1994. And, like, there's not much stuff from recently you can compare it to. Maybe these Indonesian movies Chris is referencing. I don't know, Bryce. I liked Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the exact movie, like, the exact opposite of, no, I, I of don't. this movie is. I, I didn't see that shit. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it it is sad. I think like I think Mike Moe is the obvious choice, but um, but he's uh, maybe not. Maybe he's too busy running his karate or his, his martial arts studio in Waukesha. <laughs> well, should we get into the letterbox rating? Cole, you want to go first with with your yeah? Story? So 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 I think this is a an interesting or a, kind of a tough rating again. I, I when we were first discussing it and talking about like Bryce, you and I being on more of the spe- end of like liking it, and, and Chris, even after discussion here, it sounds like you you know like this movie overall. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think that it, it's this falls almost in the camp of, and I don't want to say it's like Samurai Cop, but oh, no. in that camp camp, it's of not like, like a, Samurai Cop. It's no, no, not not in that it's a like the a, dubbing, maybe the dubbing, the dubbing, like not in a way like where the you're artistry gonna, I think, that went into this is like yes. That, that's what I'm trying to get ahead of. That one is, is a samurai cop. Yeah. It is that it's this is a movie that I think is like it's just like purely entertaining. If you get together 
and I think it's like probably honestly best watch with like a group of people. Um, I think it's it would be much more fun to kind of be in a crowd and, and like and you know cheering and laughing and, and kind of riffing yeah. on it as it goes. And I think that's how I originally watched it with you, Bryce. Um, but I, I think that a film like this falls more in that camp than as like a cinematic kind of work of art. There is definitely artistry and craftsmanship going in here. And so how it falls on the rating scale is it's kind of difficult for me. I really enjoy this. I think it's like almost like pure entertainment. The fact that the Cantonese language uh, release and with like subtitles or even a better dub isn't available is really disappointing. But it has probably some of the best, um, although go somewhat goofy action scenes. So I, I gave this a four on Letterboxd. Yeah, um, Chris, I'll let you go next and I'll go last because I picked it. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, this conversation has like, you know, I, I feel better about the movie than when we started. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of things about it that are positive. And, you know, obviously the, the action and the choreogra choreography is uh, fantastic. Um, you know, still kind of taking that more of the cinematic perspective on it. Like, how did I feel about it as a movie as opposed to how do I feel about it? Like as an entertainment experience, mm -hmm. I still am like kind of cool on it, you know? So I, I think like I, I would probably land here at about three stars anything lower than three stars i feel like wouldn't be giving it credit for you mm -hmm. know some of the accomplishments in, in you know putting that kind of action on the screen in that way um but anything above three stars and we're getting into the territory where it's like okay you need to bring some of the other aspects as well like yeah. you know there's the story and the character and the emotions and stuff like that so three stars for me cool yeah so i'm probably falling more like where cole is at obviously i, I picked this movie so i, I loved it a lot before we even started talking about it today. But um, it's just like when I'm watching this, like I'm just having a good time the entire time I'm sitting there. Um, you know, the action is breathtaking and like it's it's funny throughout the movie. Um, a lot of great, not not even just from Jackie Chan, but just from like, you know, his stepmothers that kind of honestly seals the show in a couple of scenes as well, despite not really being featured in the action. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a super entertaining character. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just have a great time watching. The action is is unparalleled. There's just so much, so much work and craftsmanship that went into making this. That I'm also gonna give it um, four stars, like Cole did. You know, like there can be better movies if there was somehow like an incredible plot and and you know they, they fix the the audio dubbing could 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 elevate the experience. But um, I, I think I think four stars four stars is pretty fair for for what we've got. Yeah, so that's going to be it from us this week on uh, Legend of the Drunken Master. Um, next week, we're going back to our live format with a new release coming out. Chris, you you want to you wanna give a, a preview for this movie? Because I think you're the most hyped for it. Yeah, so um, uh, this this is the new the newest film from the uh, French director, Julia Ducourneau. <laughs> and this film is called Titan. And it is, I don't I don't know what it's about. To be honest with you, yeah. I, I've seen multi, many different synopses of the film online and the trailer doesn't give anything really away about what it's about, but it looks super cool and it's going to be hitting the theaters next weekend and we're going to be there. We're going to be watching it. We're going to be discussing it on the next episode of Central Viewing. So get excited for that. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a weird one, but I think it's going to be a fun episode for us to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening this week, everyone, uh, on our discussion of Legend of the Drunken Master. I've been Bryce Kramer. I've been Colby Ellen. And I've been Christian Cuevas. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.